Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today you are going to discover jazz legend Chet Baker's tremendous solo on Autumn Leaves. You're going to learn how Chet Baker rhythmically camouflages major and minor scales when improvising. And you're going to play major and minor 2-5-1 progressions, applying traditional rhythmic vocabulary to traditional scale and arpeggio motion. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are a seasoned and experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring Chet Baker's Autumn Leaves to be very beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you are a new Jazz Piano Skills listener, podcast listener, then I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Simply visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the abundance of jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you to use as you practice and study jazz piano. For example, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that I develop, that I produce, and make available for you to access and download for every podcast episode every week. As a Jazz Piano Skills podcast member, you also have access to the Sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum, which is a loaded curriculum with comprehensive courses, all of them using a self-paced format, educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations, play-alongs, and more. Also, as a Jazz Piano Skills podcast, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to the online weekly masterclass. As I like to say, you have a reserved seat, which these masterclasses are, in essence, a one-hour online lesson with me each and every week. And also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to the private Jazz Piano Skills uh, community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, general jazz piano forums as well. These forums are out there and ready for you to enjoy each and every day. Last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support whenever and as often as you need it. Again, just visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities that await you and how you can easily activate your membership. If you have any questions, any questions at all, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I am always happy to spend time with you and I'm always happy to help you in any way that I can. I also want to remind you uh, to check out the Jazz Piano Skills blog. Whether you are a Jazz Piano Skills member or not, you can enjoy reading some additional insight regarding the Jazz Piano Skill of the Week. You will find the blog link in the menu bar running across the top of the page at jazzpianoskillspodcast.com or 
Once you land on that page, if you want, just simply scroll down to the bottom of the page and you'll see an entire blog section. I take some time at the end of each week to jot down some final thoughts about the jazz piano skill that we just explored in the weekly podcast and hopefully provide you with some words of encouragement and inspiration as well. So be sure to check out my blog and let me know what you think, your feedback as always, is welcome and is always very much appreciated. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play Chet Baker's Autumn Leaves. The last three weeks, we set out to discover, learn, and play some common rhythmic vocabulary found in jazz literature and jazz solos. Of course, we focused on familiar quarter note, eighth note combinations applied to standard chord scale relationships like 2-5-1. We did this as a way to begin recognizing and hearing linear thinking, linear composition, linear improvisation. So I thought, hmm, why not take a solo from a big-time jazz musician and see if, indeed, the use of fundamental quarter-note, eighth-note rhythms is present and to see if this big-time jazz musician is truly thinking linearly, horizontally, when soloing by utilizing one scale rhythmically played over a series of chords. Well. Who better to put under the spotlight, under the microscope, than jazz legend Chet Baker? So I immediately grabbed his famous Autumn Leaves solo, and I did a little analysis. But before I walk you through the analysis, let's sit back right now. Let's just sit back and enjoy Chet Baker's solo on Autumn Leaves. Check this out.
never tire of listening to this rendition of this timeless classic. Just a quick side note. As pianists, I want to encourage you to listen to as many instrumentalists and vocalists as possible. Listen to their melodic phrasing and articulation. Listen to how they breathe and how their breathing shapes their improvisational lines. As pianists, unfortunately, we are not required to breathe when playing our instrument. And sadly, our playing, our improvisation, oftentimes sounds like run-on sentences. No periods. No breathing. And it is for this reason I tell students all of the time that when we play, when we improvise, we should be trying to emulate great instrumentalists like Chet Baker. His solo on Autumn Leaves, as we will soon find out through our analysis, is the perfect example of why I say what I say. Okay, Autumn Leaves is a tune that very cleverly alternates between a major 2-5-1 and a minor 2-5-1. If you have not listened to my December 15th, 2020 podcast episode dedicated to Autumn Leaves, I want to encourage you to do so, especially in conjunction with today's episode. So, all right. With all that being said, we have a ton to get through today, so let's, let's get after it. So the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, we are going to isolate and analyze how Chet Baker approaches each major and minor 2-5-1 progression in Autumn Leaves. Number two, we will then experiment with improvising over the major 2-5-1 and the minor 251 found in autumn leaves using one major scale and one minor scale. Number three, when improvising, we will use predetermined entry and destination points to explore scale and arpeggio motion utilizing various rhythmic vocabulary, just like Chet Baker. And number four, I will be playing all demonstrations, all major and minor 2-5-1 progressions today using a tempo of 160, which is very snappy. So as always, I highly recommend using much slower tempos, 65, 75, 85, whenever you begin to physically explore a new jazz piano skill. So if you are a Jazz Panel Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now to download and print the illustrations and the lead sheets for this podcast episode. You have access to all of the podcast packets, and you should, just as a little reminder, you should be absolutely using them when listening to this podcast episode. And of course, you should be using them when practicing. And if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and so on and so on, then 
Be sure to go to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download the podcast packets. You will find the links, the download links, within the show notes. And one final but extremely important note that I am now including in every podcast episode. If you are thinking in any way that Chet Baker's Autumn Leaves and the improvisatory exploration of major and minor 2-5-1 progressions that we are about to discover, learn, and play are, in some ways, or even if you feel they are all the way over your head, then I would say to you, okay, so what? Continue to listen, continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. The fact is this, all skills... Every single skill is over our heads when first introduced. And that is precisely why the first step to growing as a musician is listening. The first step to improving our musicianship is listening. All musical growth begins upstairs mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs physically in your hands. So listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn. Worry about the play later. Trust me, it will come in time. Okay, the very first thing I want to do is I want us to walk through, I want to walk through all of the major 2-5-1 lines played by Chet Baker in Autumn Leaves. So hopefully you have the transcription in front of you. It's included in your lead sheet in your lead sheet uh, packet that you have downloaded. So the very, well, first of all, Chet Baker, we're playing this in the key of A flat major or F minor, right? Four flats. So I want to draw your attention to the very first three measures. We have a B flat minor seven, an E flat dominant seven, A flat major seven, two, five, one in the key of A flat. And look at that melodic line. Do you see any accidentals? No, there are no accidentals through that entire 2-5-1 progression, which tells you that every note being played is within the key, right? So listen to this line. The entire line is the A-flat major scale stretched out over the 2-5-1, over the B-flat minor, the E-flat 7, and the A-flat major. And just adds rhythmic variation to the scale, right? In fact, the very first measure is one of our rhythmic vocabulary exercises that we explored the last three weeks. Quarter note followed by three pair of eighth notes. There it is. Very first measure. Now, I want to draw your attention to measures 9 through 11. Again, 2-5-1 in the A-flat, in the key of A-flat major, B-flat minor 7 to E-flat dominant to A-flat major. So listen to what Chet Baker plays here. Simply A flat major scale stretched out over the entire 2 5 1 progression. He has some nice arpeggio motion on that A flat major 7, launching from the third, 
and moving straight up to the ninth, right? The third, the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth. I actually did play through measure 12 that included the D-flat major 7, which is the four chord in the key of A-flat. But even with the addition of the D-flat major 7, guess what? Still all the A-flat major scale stretched out over all four of those chords. Now, let's take a look at measures 21 through 23. Again, another 2-5-1 progression in the key of A-flat. B-flat minor 7, E-flat dominant 7, A-flat major 7. Let's check out what Chet Baker plays now. Again, simply the A-flat major scale, the notes of the A-flat major scale stretched over the 2-5-1, the B-flat minor, E-flat dominant 7, A-flat major. Notice the nice arpeggio launching from the 3rd of the B-flat minor, that D-flat, going straight up to the ninth, third up to the ninth, classic vocabulary. So now I want to draw your attention to measures 39 through 41. Okay, check out this line. I actually played through measure 42. That includes the D-flat major, which is the four chord in A-flat. But nevertheless, that entire line, 39 through 42, is all the entire line is made up of the A-flat major scale, stretched out over that 2-5-1 and the four chord. And again, just varied rhythmically, right? Okay, so now look at measures 47 through 49. It's another 2-5-1 in A-flat, B-flat minor to E-flat 7 to A-flat major. Check out this improvisational thought. Again, no accidentals, no, right? No sharps, no flats, no uh, natural signs, right? It's just all pure scale motion. A-flat major scale moving through that B-flat minor 7, that E-flat dominant 7, and that A-flat major 7. All scale motion. Linear thought. Changing up that scale rhythmically. Okay, so now the last one that I want you to look at measures 59 through 61. Again, 2-5-1, B-flat minor 7, E-flat dominant 7, A-flat major 7. Listen to what Chet Baker plays here. Again, all pure scale motion, A-flat major scale over the 2-5-1, over the B-flat minor 7, E-flat dominant 7, A-flat major 7. Now, it's also important to note when you're looking at this lead sheet, and you look at those lines that we just looked at, the, the six um, two five one major two five one improvisational lines, notice they're all using quarter note, eighth note rhythmic combinations. This is why we spent three weeks, the previous three weeks, exploring quarter, eighth note combinations, rhythmic combinations. Absolutely the core of jazz playing. 
the very heart of jazz playing. And you see it right here in Chet Baker's playing. So now what I want to do is I want to take some time. I'm going to play improvise over 2-5-1 in the key of A flat major, just like Chet Baker. And I'm going to begin with using a root entry. I'm going to play from A flat up to the to seventh. The seventh is going to be my destination, the G. Just the, the G, right? The note G. So it's the A flat major scale from the root to the seventh. And I'm going to improvise over two, five, one, B flat minor seven, E flat dominant seven, A flat major seven, using that melodic fragment of the A flat major sound, starting from the root and moving to the seventh and trying to create some rhythmic uh, variation, some utilize some rhythmic vocabulary that we literally spent three weeks three weeks exploring. So here we go. Let's check this out. Let's bring the ensemble in and let's do a little improvisation of our own based off of what we've just learned from Chet Baker. Here we go. Check it out. forgot to mention, I'm actually playing the trumpet, the trumpet sound, not physically playing the trumpet, but I'm playing the trumpet sound and emulating a trumpet player in honor of Mr. Chet Baker. And then I'm also playing the, uh, the piano in the background as well. Utilizing, by the way, utilizing the primary uh, two-handed voicings that I have done podcast episodes covering those shapes and sounds as well. So, okay, so now... I want to do another uh, demonstration of improvising over the 2-5-1 progression in the key of A-flat, B-flat minor, E-flat dominant, 7, A-flat major. But now we're going to shift our entry point to the third. So now my range is going to move from the third to the ninth of A-flat major. So it's going up to that B-flat from starting on the C and moving up to the ninth, the note B flat. And I'm staying within that range. And by the way, when I'm improvising, when you zone in on the trumpet player, playing improvising, right? I'm only playing notes of the scale, nothing outside of the scale. I'm trying to mimic what we just learned from Chet Baker, doing the exact same thing on his solo on Autumn Leaves. So here we go. 
Let's bring the ensemble back in. Let's do a little improvisation from the third to the ninth of the A-flat major scale and see what we come up with. Here we go. Check it out. I did not tell you that I was only using the notes of the scale. I bet you would think there was a whole lot more going on than just that. I know I do. I, and when I listen to Chet Baker solo, I'm thinking, wow, man, that's, that's fantastic stuff. Some pretty fancy schmancy playing. And then you go to analyze it, you take a look at it, and you find out what? He's using the scales, the notes of the scale. And he's thinking linearly over that 2-5-1 progression, over that B-flat minor, E-flat 7, A-flat major. And in using that the notes of that scale over all three of those chords, or all four of those chords if you include the D-flat major. So now I'm going to shift the entry point once again. I'm going to start on the fifth of the A-flat major scale. And I'm going to have my destination point be the 11th. So I'm starting on E-flat. And I'm going up to my D flat, pure 11th, right? And I'm going to stick within that A flat major scale, that Ionian mode, if you will, from the 5th to the 11th. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's do a little improvisation and see what we can come up with, sticking with only the notes of the A flat major scale from the 5th to the 11th. Here we go. Check it out. So let's do one more, let's do one more region. We're going to have our entry point 
be the seventh of the A flat major scale and go all the way to the 13th of the A flat major scale, which is the note F. So I'm going to work within this range. From the seventh to the 13th, using only those notes when improvising. And I'm going to just focus on rhythmic variation as I play over the 2-5-1 progression. Again, just like Chet Baker. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. practicing in this way where I actually take a sound like the A-flat major scale and I establish an entry point and a destination point within that sound. It could be from the root to the seventh or from the third to the ninth or from the fifth to the eleventh or the seventh to the thirteenth. And I love to isolate those regions because they present a whole different timbre, a whole different sound within the sound, if you will. And then once I get done isolating a sound and improvising, then I like to kind of open the floodgates and literally give myself the full range of motion from the root all the way to the 13th and back. So that's what I want to do right now. I want to bring the ensemble back in, have a little fun improvising through the entire A-flat major sound as I improvise over 2-5-1 in A-flat. B-flat minor 7 to E-flat dominant 7 to A-flat major 7. So here we go. Let's have some fun. Let's check it out. Pretty exhaustive exploration of the 2-5-1 in A-flat major, modeling our playing and our approach after 
the approach that Chet Baker utilized on his solo over Autumn Leaves. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast episode that Autumn Leaves cleverly uses a major 251 and also a minor 251. So let's take a second now and take a look at how Chet Baker handles the minor 251 in Autumn Leaves. That G minor 7, flat 5, or the G half diminished, going to the C7, flat 9, or altered sound, resolving to the F minor 7. So I want to draw your attention to measures 5 through 7 to begin. Okay, so let's take a look at what Chet Baker's doing. Listen to this. So what Chet Baker is thinking here is the F harmonic minor scale, right? So F, G, A flat, B flat, C, D flat, and E. So he's using all scale tones through this entire line using the F harmonic minor scale, which handles the minor 2, 5, 1. So now... Draw your attention, I want to draw your attention to the next minor 251 in measures 17 through 19, 19 and 20, right? Again, we have another G half diminished, G minor 7 flat 5, going to a C dominant 7 flat 9, going to an F minor 7, 251, minor 251. So let's listen to what Chet Baker plays here. Check this out. Again, pure F harmonic minor scale, nothing outside of the scale. And he's playing that scale stretched over that minor 251. Sounds pretty darn hip, just playing the scale. Would you not agree? So now let's take a look at measures 25 through 27. He changes it up just a little bit. Let's listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. Here's what he plays. Woo! I love it. He ends that line on the minor major 7 sound, right? Wow, you cannot get much more pure than that. That's the F harmonic minor scale ending with that minor major 7th. But he does add, he does add some approach tones, some neighboring tones in here, right? If you look at measure 25, he's got that F sharp, that passing tone from the G down to the F natural, that F sharp passing tone. And then he actually uses a a lower neighboring tone, that E flat going into the E natural on the C dominant 7. Other than that, pure F harmonic minor scale. So now, Look at measures 30 and 31. Listen to what he plays here. Let's do that again. What's happening here is pretty darn close to the F harmonic minor scale. It's the F harmonic, it's the F minor blues scale is what he's playing here. At least that's what I'm thinking, right? Listen to this. So that F minor blues scale. So he's got that B natural in there, 
along with that B flat. So he's got the, you know, the, the, the sharp four sound. Works great. It sounds great. So now let's look at the last minor 251. Measures 55 through 57. And let's check out what Chet Baker plays here. Guess what? Pure F harmonic minor scale stretched out over that G half diminished, G minor 7 flat 5, going to the C7 flat 9, going to the F minor 7. Wow. So now I want to do the same thing that we did with the, the major 251. I want to improvise over our minor 251, our G minor 7 flat 5, G half diminished to the C7 altered flat 9, flat 13 sound, resolving to the F minor. And we're going to utilize the same approach. I'm going to start with root to the 7th as my destination, pure harmonic minor scale. And I'm going to use only those notes to improvise over my minor 251. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Here we go. Well, I love the minor 251 sound anyway, right? To begin with. And and it's just it's just a great classic sound. So now we're gonna do the same thing, right? We're gonna shift our entry point to the third, and we're going to travel to the ninth, right? So we're gonna get this. Whole different region of the sound. So now bring the ensemble back in. Let's improvise using only those notes from the third to the ninth, utilizing the harmonic minor scale stretched over our minor two, five, one. Here we go. Let's check it out. <laughs> Thank you. 
So very, very cool. No doubt about it. So let's continue to march on. We're going to now shift our entry point to what? Yes, to the 5th. And we're going to travel to the distance of the 11th. So now our sound is this. Beautiful. I'm going to stay within that region, within that region of the sound, utilizing only those notes. No accidentals. No, not, no neighboring tones, no half-step approachments, passing tones, anything. Just those notes. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's have a little fun. Let's check it out. Here we go. one more region, right? One more region to explore from the seventh of the harmonic minor scale to the 13th. So it's going to go from our E natural up to our D flat. And once again, I'm going to just stick with that region of the sound and I'm going to stick with those seven notes. Again, no neighboring tones, no passing tones, right? No accidentals, just those notes of the harmonic minor scale. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's have some more fun. Let's check it out. Here we go. As I mentioned earlier, right, I love to practice this way. I will isolate a region of a sound from the root to the seventh, or from the third to the ninth, from the fifth to the eleventh, from the seventh to the thirteenth. And I will stay, I will limit myself to that region and to those notes and, and create within those parameters. So important. S establish parameters 
when you practice your creativity. And it's from those parameters that your creative um, awareness is heightened. Okay. So now we're going to open the floodgates just as we did with the major two five one. And I'm going to give myself the liberty to travel from the literally from the root of the sound all the way to the 13th of the sound and back. So now let's bring the ensemble back in and let's open these floodgates a little bit and have some fun improvising over our minor two, five, one, G minor seven, flat five, C seven, flat nine, flat 13, and F minor using the F harmonic minor scale. Here we go. Check it out. spending a little time, just a little bit of time with a classic solo like Chet Baker's Autumn Leaves, how often, almost always, reveals a simplistic approach being used by the artist to create great melodic, linear, improvisational ideas. It is very apparent that Chet Baker uses fundamental chord scale relationships when improvising. It's right there in his solo. It is also apparent that Chet Baker uses fundamental quarter, eighth note, rhythmic vocabulary when improvising. Again, it's right there in his solo. Fundamental chord scale relationships and fundamental rhythmic vocabulary. Do you think we tend to overthink when we play, when we improvise? I can tell you right now, it's an affirmative yes, we do. I've been teaching jazz piano, as you all know, and improvisation for 35 plus years. And I tell you, every student, every single student tries to do way too much when beginning to improvise. The general consensus by every beginning jazz student is that all the greats in jazz, like Chet Baker are improvising with superhuman powers that allow them to combine superhuman notes with superhuman chords using superhuman rhythms. And what did we learn today? Chet Baker is doing nothing superhuman. He uses fundamental scales and arpeggios with fundamental chords expressed using fundamental 
rhythms. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson, exploring Chet Baker's autumn leaves to be insightful and, of course, to be very beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Panel Skills member, I typically see you online Thursday evenings, but not this week. I'm taking this week off. I'm taking my oldest son to college. So think of me. I'll be shedding a lot of tears here uh, this uh, weekend. So, but typically Thursday evening master classes are 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode. Exploring, of course, Chet Baker's solo on Autumn Leaves. We'll do that the following week uh, in greater detail. And of course, the following week, I will be back to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general during that master class. Again, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the playlongs for this podcast lesson and for all of the podcast lessons. Also, make sure that you are utilizing the Jazz Piano Skills courses when practicing to maximize your musical growth. And likewise, make sure you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved. Contribute. Make some New jazz piano friends, always, always a great thing to do. And remember, you can always reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211, by email, Dr. Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com, or by SpeakPipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy Chet Baker's Autumn Leaves. Enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.